Welcome to our next to the last session of Big Truths, our journey through 2nd John, 3rd John, Jude, and Philemon. Tonight I'm going to close out Jude, and then Carl Kaspik is going to open up Philemon, and then next week Ken Lett is going to finish Philemon. Let's open up to the book of Jude. I'd like to just kind of review quickly. Jude is a brother of Jesus. He calls himself a bondservant of Jesus and a brother of James. Of course, James is his brother. And he gives a traditional opening, and then he says, Beloved, verse 3, I was very diligent to write to you concerning our common salvation. We're all saved by the grace of God. Amen. Amen. I found it necessary to write to you, exhorting you to contend earnestly for the faith which was once delivered to the saints. Here's why we've got to fight for the gospel this common salvation that we have. Certain men have crept in unnoticed who long ago were marked out for this condemnation. Ungodly men who turn the grace of our God into lewdness and deny the only Lord God and our Lord Jesus Christ. So these are false teachers who had snuck into the church and through politics and their personalities had gotten themselves into a position of influence, and uh, they were turning the grace of God into lewdness. Uh, Maybe some of them were doing that. This was one of the problems. We're saved by grace. Do what you want. And uh, some people call it greasy grace. But I I believe we are saved by grace just as we are, but then we're enabled by grace to do the will of God. And God's grace saves us literally out of the pit of sin, but If we're saved from sin, why should we live any longer in it, Paul said. And then they also, other teachers, or maybe some of the same ones, question the reality of Jesus, whether or not he was truly God or whether or not he was truly man, uh, whether or not he was God and man, just questioning everything about him. And it had been years now since since the resurrection. So funny teachings were coming, coming into the church. And so Jude wrote this letter to encourage him to contend for the faith. And then he launches into this sermon where he gives triplicates of illustrations of people in the past that did wrong and suffered for it. Verse 5, I want to remind you, though you once knew this, that the Lord, having saved the people out of the land of Egypt, remember he went through all that trouble with Moses and the plagues and the miracles to deliver them from Egypt. Afterward, he destroyed those who didn't believe. God went through a lot of trouble to save people out of slavery, and then thousands of them died in the wilderness under God's judgment. Some of them were swallowed up by the ground. So just because God saves you doesn't mean he gives you a license to live any old kind of way. Verse 6, And the angels who did not keep their proper domain, they did not stay under the authority of their creator, but left their own abode, he has reserved in everlasting chains under darkness, for the judgment of the great day. So angels who were created perfect were judged for their sin, coming against the dominion of God. As Sodom and Gomorrah and the cities around them in a similar matter to these, having given themselves over to sexual immorality and gone after strange flesh, are set forth as an example, suffering the vengeance of eternal fire. Now Sodom and Gomorrah were a beautiful place when Abraham and his nephew parted ways, his nephew Lot chose to go to Sodom. 
because it was incredibly blessed. And one time Abraham had to go to battle to help free them from kings that had come against them. So Sodom and Gomorrah were blessed by God, and yet God judged them because of immorality in their case. Does that sound familiar, like something might be happening today? <laughs> yeah, people are giving themselves to immorality and trying to defend it. Uh, call their immorality their identity, their race, or their gender. All right, verse 8. Likewise, also, these dreamers... Now, who are these dreamers? The guys he's talking about, the men that have crept in underwears. They dream that God has given them a license to sin. They dream that Jesus isn't who he is. These dreamers defile the flesh, reject authority, and speak evil of dignitaries. So these guys like the angels, come against the authority over them, like the people in Sodom and Gomorrah who wanted to defile the angels. Remember that? All the problems that were related in the previous verses, he compares those people who fell from God's blessings to the guys that are causing trouble in the church. And he lays into them the fact that they speak evil of dignitaries by saying that Michael the archangel didn't even assault, verbally assault Satan. He had a measure of respect, letting God execute vengeance. Listen to this. Yet Michael the archangel, in contending with the devil, when he disputed about the body of Moses, dared not bring against him a reviling accusation, but said, The Lord rebuke you. But these speak evil of whatever they do not know, and whatever they know naturally, like brute beasts in these things, they corrupt themselves. In the Old Testament, there's two angels that are named, Michael and Gabriel. Michael, in disputing with Satan over the body of Moses, now this is extra-canonized scripture. When the Bible was canonized, they only included books they believed were fully inspired. Those that were partially inspired got cut out. So my take on this, this is something written in another form of literature that didn't get included in the Bible. We can't find this story elsewhere in the Bible. But it's believed when Moses died, Satan wanted his body. Now, why would Satan want the body of Moses? I can guess. Yeah, I guess. Think of Moscow. The idolatry of communism. What happened on Red Square? There was a place to go and view the body of Lenin. And over decades, miles of people in line, not, not all at one time, but over the course of decades, tens of thousands of people went to see the founder of their nation. This was an opportunity, if I'm right, that Satan saw to distract people from the lordship of God in their life and to get them to not follow Joshua. And even though he had been resisting Moses' authority, now he's going to use Moses' dead body to create some form of idolatry. It happens in our day. So, verse 11, Woe to them who, these men that have crept in unawares, woe to them, for they have gone in the way of Cain, have run greedily in the error of Balaam for profit, and perished in the rebellion of Korah. So he compares them to three people again. They've gone in the way of Cain. Cain wanted things his way, and because his sacrifice wasn't accepted, he killed his brother. And God warned him that sin was at the door of his heart, and he needed to be careful. And he killed his brother and did not take responsibility 
for his sin. Am I my brother's keeper was what he responded when God asked him where his brother is. Running greedily in the error of Balaam for profit. Balaam for money tried to prophesy evil against the children of Israel. And he couldn't do it. Light sheds on that by looking at what happened in the next chapter and what the book of Revelation says about him. From what the book of Revelation says about Balaam, and from what happened in the very next chapter, he obviously, this was in the book of Numbers, told the king, Balak, if you really want these people to fail, you got to turn their God against them. Send in the women. So the very next chapter, after Balaam fails to prophesy ill, Israel falls into sin with Moabite women, and God slays thousands of Israelites. So, in like fashion, these guys are sent by the enemy, I believe, to turn people against the gospel, against the true faith in Jesus, and there will be consequences for that, for them and for them and perished in the rebellion of Korah. Korah was a Levite, <clears throat> rose up against Moses, rejected his authority, reckoned he was as good as anybody to lead Israel, and he and his household got swallowed up by the ground. So this is serious business. And then he confronts them, because they've got these people in their congregation. Verse 12, these are spots in your love feast which is when they would have communion together, they would have a full-blown meal, and they called it love feast. They didn't wait for the Passover to happen. They just met together often and had communion as part of it. It was called love feast. While they feast with you without fear, serving only themselves. So, so these people are not true saints. They are clouds without water, carried about by the winds, laid autumn trees without fruit, twice dead, pulled up by the roots. So Jude does not think highly of these guys, does he? Raging waves of the sea, foaming up their own shame, wandering stars for whom is reserved the blackness of darkness forever. And then he quotes the Apocrypha. Now Enoch, verse 14, the seventh from Adam prophesied about these men also saying, Behold, the Lord comes with ten thousands of his saints to execute judgment on all, to convict all who are ungodly among them of all their ungodly deeds, which they have committed in an ungodly way, and of all the harsh things which ungodly sinners have spoken against him. So judgment day is coming. And then he begins to blast these people again. He begins to describe them. These are grumblers complainers, walking according to their own lusts, and they mouth great swelling words, flattering people to gain advantage. But you, beloved, remember the words which were spoken before by the apostles of our Lord Jesus Christ, how they told you that there would be mockers in the last time who would walk according to their own ungodly lusts. These are sensual persons who cause divisions not having the Spirit. I don't know about you, but I, it makes me kind of want to run from any form of division. But you, beloved, now he turns to the reader, building yourselves up on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit, 
To me, that means leaning on the Holy Spirit to help you to pray. It's beyond your own ability. We need God's strength in our life. Keep yourselves in the love of God, looking for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ unto eternal life. And on some, who's the some referred to? Some of these people that have crept in. Have compassion. Some complainers have compassion. Some grumblers have compassion. Making a distinction. There's some of them that can be redeemed. Others just need to be run off. Let God deal with them. But others save with fear, pulling them out of the fire, hating even the garment defiled by the flesh. Some brother may be living in immorality and he's got to be uh, told about it in love. Brother, you've got to stop this. This is not good. It's a bad example. It's not good for you. You're hurting the body and you're hurting yourself. Stop! <laughs> so you do this in love, obviously. Galatians says if you see someone overtaken in a fault, restore that person in a spirit of gentleness, lest you too also be tempted and fall into the same trap is what he's inferring. Now here's the ending. Now to him who is able to keep you from stumbling and to present you faultless, before the presence of his glory, with exceeding joy, to God our Savior, who alone is wise, be glory and majesty, dominion and power, both now and forever. Amen. I'm so glad he ended the book like that, warning them of troublemakers and then blasting the troublemakers and then describing what they were like and foretelling their future and then commissioning us, the readers, to try to redeem some of those people that have fallen into error, maybe some of us. This has happened to us in the past. And then causing us to end in praise to the one who's able to keep us from stumbling. God is able to keep us from stumbling. So turning the grace of God into lewdness is completely counter to the God that's able to keep us from stumbling. Does that mean we never stumble? We stumble when we get our eyes off the one who's able to keep us from stumbling. So prayer is an important part of our life. Lord, help me not to stumble today. Lead me not into temptation, but deliver me from evil. And Lord, help us to not forget what the book of Jude says to us. And I pray, Lord, if there's anyone here that really needs to apply something that it says, Lord, I pray that we would not forget, but Lord, we would continue to read and even reach out for help so that we too can walk and not stumble. In Jesus' name, amen.